Welcome to the Expand with Nicole podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hope, a health and breathwork coach who is passionate about all things wellness. My goal is to break down big information into little bites, providing you with facts and actionable steps that you can incorporate into your life right away. If you're ready to learn along with me, let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to today's episode of Expand with Nicole. I am here with Christina Caldwell, who is a yoga instructor, a retreat curator, and a business owner, and a fellow Jersey girl and teacher. So we have since found that we have a lot in common. So Christina, it's so nice to officially meet you. Thank you so much for being here. And why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey into the world of yoga? Of course. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you so much, all of the Expand listeners. I have so much gratitude that you're tuning in. Um, so I became a yoga instructor in 2017. Uh, I am a Jersey girl for all my Jersey friend listeners and a total beach bum and surfer at heart. And um, I uh, got to a point in my adult life in my early 30s where I was like, uh, something isn't right here. I need a big shift in my life. <laughs> and so I sold my house, um, packed up my cats and my husband left his job and we moved to Hawaii. <laughs> and awesome. I got my, yeah. And I got my yoga certification there um, through Core Power Yoga. I had been practicing yoga before that um, since college, but it was never really a spiritual practice for me until like my late 20s, early 30s when I experienced some deep-rooted trauma in my life and when I really learned that like breathing and tuning into my breath were my savior. And after that traumatic incident and after I kind of like found myself again in yoga, I always wanted to become a yoga instructor. But you know, when you like talk about doing things and you never do it, that was me for a really long time <laughs> until I moved to Hawaii for a bit and got my yoga certification. So, but since then I, I've totally pivoted in my, in myself really, like I feel more rooted in self and I feel like that light shares more when I interact with humans, whether it's yoga or life. Totally. Are you feeling, yeah. I'm sorry, like I'm sure you have some connection to all the trauma that's happening in Hawaii right now and yeah. being that you were, so- how long were you there? I was there for a year and my husband was there for two years. We didn't live um, on Maui. We lived in Oahu, but we do have uh, quite a few friends and business owners in Maui and in Lahaina. And it is just so, so tragic what is happening. Actually, if anyone on the podcast starts following my Instagram, ChristinaCobbleYoga.com, uh, well, ChristinaCobbleYoga and then ChristinaCobbleYoga.com. On my Instagram, there is a link where you can donate directly to the Maui Food Fund um, through one of the businesses that um, my husband used to work out in in Oahu. So we're just trying to to support and send love. And friends, if you do have a trip planned to Maui in the future, I would just realign and postpone it or maybe go to a different island just because resources there are going to be really scarce for a long time. I mean... It's 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 hard to get things to Hawaii. It seems easily because it's still the United States, but it, it it's a lot of work to get stuff there right now. So just keep that in mind if you do have a trip upcoming. Actually, we were going to go to Maui this December, and, and we're already looking at, at changing the trip just because I I don't want to I don't want to take up any resources from anyone who lives there right now. 
Yeah, I'm glad we brought that up early just because I noticed how well your fundraiser is going. So I wanted to mention that anyway. So kudos to you you for raising so much money. Um, So, okay, back to yoga. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. So you had a traumatic incident. You found breathing and yoga, which go hand in hand. What, as you went through this practice, um, what would you say became your core guiding principles and philosophy for yourself? Mm -hmm. I love that. So what drew me into yoga was more of the mental benefits. I'm oftentimes stopped, like, of course, in in the side of the world, like it's always about how we physically look when we mm-hmm. move our bodies. But for me, it's so much more about the mental. Um, and so, growing up, I suffered from just a lot of anxiety and body image disorders, and I have never felt more at peace than like practicing on my mat. I just feel like I'm coming home uh, to myself, even though I've been here all along. But sometimes there's a lot of external like taking taking our energy away. Um, and since practicing yoga regularly, I have not suffered a panic attack in years, like probably since I first started teaching. So that's like 17 years ago, teaching high school, not yoga. Um, and what keeps me coming back to my mat and, like, and really teaching and my dharma and my purpose as my as an instructor i um i live bright and i share light so i just want other humans to share their inner light that's always constant it's always burning some days it might be you know embers and some days it's a raging torch but you know keep stoking your fire and then share that inner fire and light with other people and so i really hope when people practice with me, that's how they leave feeling like super bright and ready to share that inner light with others. So that is beautifully said. I love that. And um, I do want to dive deeper into the mental part of it because I think people, so many people associate yoga with just physical flexibility and which is important. I was just talking about this with my chiropractor and he's, cause now I'm 40. So he's like, you know, when you're younger, like we go through different decades of wellness and fitness. Like when you're younger, you want to be like lifting weights and people want to look like strong and then they're doing cardio because they want to lose weight. And he's like, and now you need to be stretching all the time, you know, as you get older, which I do because I do yoga. Um, and I was a gymnast my whole life. So like stretching has always been part of my life, but for people who don't stretch, I mean, I, I can't even imagine honestly in my head how they feel on a day to day. Cause I do stretch and I still feel like tight in my muscles, you know? Um, but I think that's what people think about. They're thinking about like looking at like people doing handstands and splits and bridges and all these cool poses. But you brought up the mental part first before the even the physical part. So let's talk about the mental aspect of yoga and the benefits that it has brought you and then some of your clients. Like what what do you see happening and how do you see people transforming? Absolutely. And so thank you for bringing up, Nicole, that you are a former gymnast. I'm a former dancer and <laughs> of course. I feel this way all the time. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tight. But it's because we're so body aware because our whole lives we've been moving our bodies mm-hmm. <laughs> and hyper aware of what our bodies can do. Um, but we'll come back to that in a sec. So mental benefits, actually, it's so funny you say that because um, one of my clients, Debbie, shout out if you listen to this 
podcast. Hey, she's Debbie. Awesome. Hey, Debbie. She's moving to Miami right now. She's selling her house in Princeton, so maybe she'll listen to it on the flight down. Um, but she just came on my recent yoga retreat, and she shared something on the retreat that I didn't even realize had been like leaving a deep impact in her life. But at the end of every yoga practice, I always close with the words, you are enough. And she gave a beautiful toast the last night of our tree about those words and how they've changed her life and how like, you know, work and life can just be so stressful that sometimes no matter how much we know we are superstars and rock stars and badass babes, um, we can obviously doubt ourselves. Like we have hard days. And so hearing those words every time she's come to her mat with me, she said it's just like totally changed her life and how she looks at her space. Like before bringing herself down, she, she makes sure she reminds herself, no, like I'm enough. And I think it's so important that all of us realize whether you practice yoga or not, you know, you might just be tuning into this podcast because you value wellness um, or because you're curious. And so be curious about how great you are. Come back to that mindset of I am enough. I I define me. Um, and I always like to share with my clients um, and my students, you know, break away from what was to redefine who you've been all along because you're always here. You're the constant. We have a lot of distractions outside of our mat and outside of just being with ourselves of all the different roles we play, you know, whether you're a parent or a teacher or a big uh, CFO, like whatever your roles are outside of just being you, they can be great, but they can also be distracting and pull you in a million directions. And and so rooting yourself in the present, rooting yourself in the now, and rooting yourself in in being here with your breath and your body and letting go of like, well, I'm not touching my toes or I'm not in that handstand. Like there's never a plateau in yoga. And so there's always somewhere to go. That's why I love it so much. Like there's no way to conquer it because there's nothing to conquer. <laughs> it's just exploration. And in that exploration, letting go of the outcome so that you're so deeply focused in your process. And then the outcome is always a, like a, it's always better than you expect anyway. And so letting that mindset carry on, not just on your mat, but outside of your mat as well. I think that it's really important to note the whole part about the fact that there is no like end to yoga, to the practice, and it is just really exploratory in that you're exploring your own mind and body, like that is the practice. Um, and we will talk a little bit about like giving some tips to people who haven't tried it maybe later on in the episode, but in, for you, obviously you practice yoga often, but how do you, how does yoga for you contribute to like your daily stress reduction? If you're not practicing on the mat, like, do you find, do you feel that it does translate for you into your day to day off the mat? Definitely. I bet if you asked my husband that question, he would be able to answer it right away because <laughs> the moment I'm even kind of a bitch, he's like, when's the last time you practiced yoga? <laughs> Where funny. is my sunshiny wife? Um, but for sure. But here's what I will say about that. There are some days where you like 
can't make it to your mat. And so what does yoga look like in those days? Sometimes it's I'm doing a cat cow as I'm driving to teach a yoga class. Sometimes it's um, like, I've definitely done this, Nicole, and you'll laugh at this as an educator, like literally in between the five minute bell passing period, I'll just lock my classroom door, run into the bathroom, hide in a stall and breathe. Oh yeah. That's what I do. <laughs> or do a, do some breath work in a star pose. Like, so that I'm not raging. It's so true. I actually do it in the hallway in like with the, my teacher who's next to me. I interviewed her on here about mindfulness. She's like uh-huh. practices mindfulness and does it in in our school. But um, we will like do deep breathing in the hallway. And then we yeah. like bring people in like people who look stressed. We're like, just come take a breath with us for a minute. <laughs> but a lot of times I do also just close my door and do it by myself because especially, and I know there's other teachers listening, um, but for anybody who's in a job that's very demanding, um, and some people don't think teaching is demanding, but it is very demanding and draining. And you're just on, 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 on for the entire day. So like taking two minutes to breathe and just recenter is so important. It's so important. It's the only thing that gets me through my day. Honestly, it's a fact. And friends listening, that's yoga too. Like the word yoga, it's like the physical practice is just one of the eight limbs of yoga. There's breathing and that pranayama, that like force, that's like a whole limb. So, you know, or like getting outside and walking in the sunshine and like thinking about gratitude for five minutes on my 25 minute lunch break. Like that's a, that's a big yoga moment for me. That's a big yoga win if I can sneak out. Um, while I'm working. So yeah, you know, some days we don't make it on our mat and that's okay too. And it's about not beating ourselves up when we can't make it to our mat or for a run or I don't know, or a Peloton workout. Like maybe yoga isn't your thing right now, but you do have some sort of movement practice. And so those days where we don't make it, that's, that's okay. Like fill your cup in another way and don't beat yourself up about it. You had said something to me, I think in our email exchange or some exchange that we had about yoga finding you at the right time. And Mm -hmm. I want, I know you like kind of alluded to that a little bit for yourself after going through a traumatic event, but can you speak a little bit to that? Because I was interested in just your take on that. Definitely. Um, I, I definitely heard maybe another yoga instructor say this years ago. And then when I had reflected on it, I was like, Oh my God, it's so true. But Yoga always finds you when you need it most. Like that first time you take a yoga class or even go do some breath work or meditation, that's that's the universe or source or, or God or divine being or whatever your spiritual practice is. That's you aligning with you. And that's yoga finding you when you need it. And what I love about that is like yoga found me twice. Yoga found me in college when I thought it was just like stretching and a treat after a workout because I was like such a gym junkie at the time. Same, same. (laughs) And then it re-found me when I was going through like a lot of trauma later on in life. Um, And that's when it was really more spiritual. And when I started to understand it was so much more than stretching, it was a whole whole magical experience outside of that. And so whenever someone 
like takes a yoga class for the first time, I'm so excited for them. And I always say it to them if I know it's their first class ever. I'm like, oh my God, congrats. Like yoga will find you when you need it most. Like, so you, you need yoga right now. You may not even realize it, but like, yay, you've been found. And maybe you'll never return. Maybe it was a one-off and you needed that one experience or maybe you'll get hooked and go all the time or maybe it's just going to be like something you do once a month, whatever it is. You know, because you don't have to practice in a certain way or shape or form. And I think there's a common misconception sometimes. But yoga is all inclusive. Like you don't have to look or be a certain way because yoga is oneness. Yoga is you yoking with yourself. It's about community, but it's also really about yourself and, and finding the duality within and then and and that duality like that power that essence finding that elsewhere too maybe it's in nature maybe it's in community with someone else on your mat or maybe it's just in gratitude like the more i practice yoga the more just conscious and aware i am of like my everyday and making those connections whether it's like watching a dragonfly while i ride my bike to my favorite beach path or like saying hi and good morning to someone when I'm getting like a bacon, egg and cheese at the local Jersey bagel <laughs> shop. <laughs> That's usually very in and out. And you're like, Hey, how are you? Da, da, da. You know, it's about making those connections. So yeah, it always finds you when you need it most. And you may not even know you need it, but if something, if your intuition is saying, I want to go to a yoga class or I want to take one online because I'm intimidated about going in person, then do it. Jump in. Like, it's never too late to learn something new. I think as adults, we get so deep-rooted in our routines and our, ry- our rhythms. We forget. We can try. We can experiment. We can begin again at any point. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a topic that seems to come up often in a lot of the interviews that I do. Is just, like, not being scared to try something new and letting go of all of the, that, those, um, you know, imposter syndrome and like, I can't do this and all the fears that come up, like, I've never done it. People are gonna be watching me. I can't, you know, I can't touch my toes. Like I'm not going into a yoga class, but I would have to say from all my, my experience, I've been to, I've been doing yoga for a long time. I've gone to a ton of different classes, different studios with different teachers. And I've never felt like anyone was watching what I was doing. I think it's more like it's our own egos and selves. Totally, right? it's, it's all internal projection of what we what we think others are perceiving. But really, everyone's so caught up in their own lives. Exactly. No, no one, one cares gives, what you're doing. Gives a flying, you know what? So totally. <laughs> you, um, you so follow that intuition, and maybe it's not even practicing yoga. Maybe it's just I've always wanted to try like so, like get out there, and you might be scared, and that's okay. It's about fearing less versus being fearless. Like, I don't, I I think actually fear is kind of good because it can push us to our edge, but it's about how we navigate the fear and the unknown and the unexpected. Well, do you look at those spaces with like doubt and fear, or do you look at them with curiosity and openness and creativity? Because you could take either path. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, like, 
we're not going to go through our lives and not have fear of doing something. It's totally normal. It's part of the, our experience as being human, but it's like getting yourself to the point where you can push past that. And then that's where all like the reward is after that part, you know? It's so rewarding. Yeah, it really is. Um, okay. So for people who don't know a lot about yoga, what style of yoga do you teach and why? Sure. Um, I teach a few modalities. I teach power yoga. I teach, and it oftentimes in a hot setting, like a hot yoga studio. So if you're new to yoga, that might be intimidating because of the heat. Some people love the heat. And like, I couldn't pay my mom to walk into one of my classes at a hot yoga studio. She wants nothing to do with heat. She take my class outside at a park, but not in a hot yoga studio. Um, but power yoga is going to be um, pretty upbeat. It's going to focus on linking your breath, your mind, and your body, and your strength. There's definitely flexibility involved. Um, and oftentimes, power yoga, you might see like um, vinyasa on a schedule. So if you're new to yoga, the word vinyasa means to place in a special way. Um, and so the sequence will change each time, but it'll be placed mindfully, oftentimes like leading up into a peak posture or an intention. Um, and so those are the two modality, modalities I teach most often, as well as yoga sculpts. I'm very much known for teaching yoga sculpts uh, in Central Jersey and uh, South Jersey too from when I used to teach down there. Uh, yoga Sculpt is like a power yoga class. So a lot of chaturangas, a chaturanga for those of you new to yoga is like that push up high to low plank into up dog, baby cobra, then down dog, but with weights. <laughs> mm. So yeah, it's like a mind meets body approach to fitness. Think of it like a hit class meets a bar class meets a yoga class. Very high rep, high intensity, but like big rewards for the high rep, high intensity. And I always call my class like a, I teach on Tuesday and Wednesday nights and I'm always like, y'all, it's about to be a Jersey club in here because <laughs> it's a full blown party when I teach it, which is why probably so many people like to take that class. Um, but recently over the past few years, I've also started to teach a lot of restorative yoga and yin yoga. The difference between restorative and yin for anyone new Restorative is going to be a very supported practice. So a lot on your back, a lot of holds that are a little longer, but with props um, so that you're really more supported versus it being like really intense stretch um, versus yin yoga, which is going to be longer holds ha can have restorative aspects, but we're really getting into like the fascial tissues. Um, restorative yoga or excuse me in yin yoga you could hold a posture from anywhere for two to six minutes it depends on the instructor um but i love yin yoga it's like just so juicy and loving and intense but in a very loving way um and really gets you to your edge of being in that uncomfortable posture but breathing through it um hatha you might see hatha on a schedule uh that think of that like a class that's slower than vinyasa but not as not as uh restorative and juicy as a as a restorative class like think of it like a slow flow depending on the instructor um there's bikram which is oftentimes very popular for friends who like hot yoga um that's going to be a pretty hot room uh, traditionally i believe it's 108 
but it's hard to find in Jersey a studio that makes it that hot. Shout out to the Studio Breathing Dragon Yoga where I <laughs> teach at. They do make it that hot, even though I don't teach Bikram, but I teach uh, Vinyasa and Power there. Uh, and this is like the tiniest sample of what you might see out there. This is not at all the be all end all. These are the only yoga classes, but I'm just trying to think of what you all might see on like a gym schedule or yoga studio schedule if you're new to practicing. Um, and if you're ever not sure, reach out, you know, ask the instructor, you can DM me if you're not sure if you're new to yoga and, and you're just looking to dive in. Um, but there's so many different modalities and ways to get involved. I also love finding a class that isn't movement based, it's just like meditation and breath work. Uh, in Costa Rica, when I was there for my yoga retreat, there was a lot of that there. Harder to find here, it's still available, but I feel like I really have to seek them out <laughs> when I'm on this side of the world. And I think you did a good job of the sample. I think those are the most popular around here, definitely. Um, if someone's never done it before, would you suggest them not going into a yoga sculpt class and trying a something different, restorative, like something slower, like a hatha? Or do you think it just depends on like where they're at in their yeah. own space? It depends on where you're at in your body and your mindset. If you're like, oh my God, I'm going to go nuts if I have to like sit in a posture for two minutes, like I want to be moving, like I'm more of a gym person, then you a gateway for you might be a yoga sculpt or like a power vinyasa. But if you're the type of person who is like, like, oh my God, what weights in yoga or how many chaturangas, how many push-ups are we doing? Like, no, thank you. You know, a good class for you might be like a hatha or a slow flow, or a yin, something really chill and mellow, just to get your toes wet. But then once you start to learn your personality, it's probably best to do the opposite. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I'm like, I should do, be doing yin yoga, but I don't. I do hot, hot, mm -hmm. hot, hot yoga. And it's a combination of, you know, I don't know. It depends on the instructor, what they're doing, but it's right. usually very high intensity, which is what I, sh I should be doing the opposite for, for myself. <laughs> it's, it's a should and a should, right? It's like you yeah. should do what you enjoy, but then you should also do what's good for your body and your mindset. So when I first started out, I was strictly like loving power yoga, hot yoga, power yoga, hot yoga, or yoga sculpt. But now I'm like always looking for a yin or a restorative because I, I know I'm like, yeah, well, I could do hot yoga and power yoga for days, even when I'm having the worst day of my life. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean it's good for me to do all the time. Right. Like I need, I need that, that cooling, that like softer energy because I'm, I'm so yang focused being versus being very yin energy. Same. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know we have so much in common. I know it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, we touched on mindfulness a little bit. Do you? How do you incorporate, like, consciously incorporate mindfulness into your class? Oh, I love that question. Um, that's my favorite part of of teaching yoga is the thinking of mindfulness and like what I want those who practice with me to feel after. And so every month I have a theme, um, but then from that theme, I segue through an intention by, by the week or even by the day, depending on what I'm going through in life, 
and what I'm observing in life and nature and the seasons. And so that can change day by day and month by month. So um, I try my best to, to have the postures that we're practicing, like lead up to that intention and that theme. So for instance, this month for me is all about playfulness and awe and wonder. And that has come from getting back from my surf and yoga retreat, uh, the wild joy retreat where we were just practicing joy. <laughs> and so how, how do we do that? You know, we do that by being kids again as adults, being more curious, connecting to the wise, connecting to what lights us up and what brings us awe in our everyday life. And like finding those mini miracles daily, moment by moment, so that in your yoga practice and then off the mat, you can be mindfully awestruck, like what's lighting you up right now. And so that's, that's just an example of, of what we're doing right now in my yoga class. Um, I keep telling everyone like inhale curiosity, exhale, live in awe. And so the more we're tapped into that curious mindset, the less we can be fearful of the unknown because we're going to see those spaces with excitement because we're looking at it with awe, right? So like lean into uh, more of that abundance mindset too. So that's, for instance, just what I'm working on this month on and off of the mat with anyone who's practicing with me and also in my life too. I was trying to make sure whatever the my mindful theme is for the month, like that is genuinely what I'm working on in my life too, whether I'm journaling, breathing, meditating, and reflecting. I think it's um, pretty obvious that the benefits of yoga extend far out of the class and off the mat. Uh, we've talked about a couple of those and I love the last one. It feels very like fun, like it's summer. So it's, you know, everyone's in that like fun, playful vibe. I mean, I am, I don't know if everyone is, but we are here on the Jersey shore. For we, are sure. Jersey shore. We, are, we are, we are body serving. We're playing. We're yeah. building <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we're eating ice cream. What are y'all doing everywhere else? <laughs> and if you have a negative um, stereotype in your mind of New Jersey, then you're not hanging out with the right people. I think. Agreed. Don't Agreed. you think? I I definitely agree. I travel a lot. And my favorite, my favorite is whenever someone meets me, they always, they never guess I'm from New Jersey. And they always guess like California is the first one. And I'm always like, no, I'm from New Jersey. And the face I get, they're like, what? But you're not like people from New Jersey. I'm like, you're hanging out with the wrong people. Totally. You're not, you're not meeting what people in New Jersey are like. <laughs> You know, every time I leave in the summer, which I usually do, I, I, I'm so excited to come back to the Jersey Shore. I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait to see my beach break and my seagulls and my sandpipers. Like, I'm just so thankful that we have this sandy oasis, like, so close, you know? I know. It's so funny. We were eating dinner the other day. I, I think we were in LBI. We, this has happened twice. I mean, it happens all the time. But we were in LBI. I think we were riding bikes. We were going to dinner. And we were just, like, chatting. We had the kids. This guy was playing the guitar. It was just like a really cool little spot. And I was like, we should probably stop talking and just like look around because 
if we were traveling right now, we would be like, oh my God, let's take a picture. Look at this. Look at the water. Look at the boats. And like, you just kind of forget about it because we live here. You know what I mean? But that whole idea of what you were talking about from your practice and then like just kind of slowing down a bit and looking around you, like you were talking about the dragonfly on your bike, like those moments are all around us and we zoom through them constantly, you know? So even if you're not in the Jersey shore, wherever you are, if you're in the mountains, if you're on a lake somewhere, if you're in the city, like there's so much awe and wonder around us. And I think that's really special that you are helping your students remember that. Thank you. Yeah. So listeners, notice those mini miracles wherever you are, because they're always happening all around us, wherever you like city, mountaintop, beach, doesn't matter where you are. Many miracles happening everywhere. Yes, definitely. So obviously we've been talking about this, like all these positive mindset, blah, blah, blah. But there's also challenges that come up when we're practicing physically and mentally. Um, So what's your advice for someone who's going through a challenge on or off the mat? And how do we embrace that as an opportunity to grow? Mm, such a good question. You know, challenging challenges, whether on or off of our mat, I truly believe are actually alignment. Like when I hear the word no, or when something doesn't turn out the way I was anticipating or manifesting or expecting, and sometimes they're really disappointing or really unsettling or very traumatic. Obviously, when you're in it, like when you're sitting in the shit, can I curse on this podcast? Yeah. I'm assuming I can. I'm like, oh no, hopefully your daughters are nowhere nearby. But (laughs) when you're sitting in the shit, there's a reason you have to sit in it. You don't know why you're sitting in in the shit and you're just in it and it sucks and it's uncomfortable. It might be sad. It might be depressing and it might be a horrible space, but there is a reason it's happening and you oftentimes won't know until you're on the other side of it. And so let it at least be reassurance when you are going through a difficult moment, whether it be on or off of your mat, that there will be alignment that will come from that space. You might not know the answer right then and there, and that's okay. You might not feel like you want to have gratitude for whatever's going on in your life at that moment, and that's okay because life is always lifing at us. But at some point later on down the line, when you've had space and time to heal and time to be stronger from that experience, you'll have the understanding, the awareness, and the enlightenment for why it had to happen in the first place. And so at least offer yourself the grace, the compassion, the reassurance while you're going through it that like you will survive it. You will know why it had to happen one day and give yourself that compassion as you're sitting in shit. I give this speech a lot when we're sitting in chair pose in like a power yoga class. Yeah. (laughs) 
as long, but for almost as long to make chair pose more entertaining. And I'm always like, you're sitting in the shit, just like you have to in life. <laughs> and you don't know why, but there's a reason you have to sit in it. So sit and then sit a little deeper and then explore in that space and get really uncomfortable. But in yoga, the more uncomfortable we are, the more we can breathe through it. And sometimes we can't breathe. Sometimes we're holding our breath. That's okay. Just catch yourself holding your breath and begin again. Start again. You can always reset. And so having those um, profound moments in a yoga posture can just like translate off your mat too. I also love when I'm teaching a yoga class outside and there's a lot of noise happening. And I'm like, see, it's just like life. There's always going to be the noise. So like, how do you still jive with the best version of yourself, even when the noise is happening around you? That reminds me of, I don't know if you read Jay Shetty's book, um, but he was talking about like his journey as a monk and he was learning to meditate and he was on a train. I'm going to, I'm going to miss like major details here, but I I read it a while ago and basically his like mentor said to him, if you can't meditate here when there's a million people around you, people are literally squishing you, you have no space to yourself, then you can't, then you can't meditate at all. You know? So Mm. it's like that whole idea. You need to be able to find that calm no matter where you are. And that's like what I teach to in breath work is like, that's a tool we always have within us. So you're trying to reteach yourself to default to that rather than default to anxiety. Right. So, and that's what we have within us. I think that's what yoga helps us with breath work, meditation. It's all aligned. Um, But a lot of it is also just self-awareness and self-reflection that you have to make space for. And when you go onto the mat, you are giving yourself at least an hour of concentrated awareness, you know? So that's why I love yoga. But I mean, I also love the stretching. Um, (laughs) But I know for an hour, I'm going to be with myself. You know what I mean? So definitely. But yeah, like, so being with yourself, like, like we said, even in the busy, that's when you need to do it so that you still feel okay when it gets really hectic out there, because it's always hectic out there. Sometimes you just have to go into your own space because it's if you overthink when you start overthinking, like you could really get yourself into a spiral. Mm, so true. I just did a Sarah Blondin meditation last night. If anyone is looking for like a good free meditation, Sarah Blondin has a lot on YouTube. But yeah, she's good. She talks about she's so good. Like if she's not present, then she unravels immediately. But like that's that's what you're supposed to do when you're not present because you're thinking about so many things. And so just coming back to being present. But she says it way more eloquently than that in a 17 minute meditation. (laughs) We'll link that. I'll link it. I'll find it. Yeah. Um, Let's help the people who have never done yoga before and they're really nervous to go into a class. What advice would you give them to start this journey with a positive mindset? Cool. I I think it's normal to be nervous before you start anything new. And I would congratulate yourself for even wanting to try something new. And then just just dive in, dip your toes in. Like there's nothing you have to lose. Fear is okay. It means you're trying something new and and it might help you when you're signing up for a new class. Like, you know, get there early, introduce yourself to the instructor 
place yourself in an area of the room where you can see everyone. So you don't like maybe a back corner, back middle, so that with your peripherals, you can just look around the room. And know that you don't have to do everything the yoga instructor says either. Like you could lay in Shavasana the whole time, like on your back with your eyes closed. And like that's yoga too. So don't feel like you have to do every posture, but set yourself up for success when you go, you know, it, it, or if you don't want to introduce yourself and you don't want the yoga instructor to know that it's your first time, then don't say anything. That's okay too. But um, I know as an instructor, I, I love hearing when someone's there for the first time because it just, it lights me up to know that yoga found them. So trust your intuition. If you wanted to try something, it's for a reason. So be the person that's the doer versus the person that just talks about the things they're going to do all the time but never does it. And you'll start to become the doer because you'll start to living the life you talk about wanting to lead. The more you do it, the more you just fake it till you make it and you start living that life, whether it be yoga or something else. That's great advice. And I also do want to comment on the showing up early. I definitely think if you've never, I I still show up early because I like to be in a certain spot in the room just for myself. Um, and then when I show up late and there's no space in the floor, I'm like, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's fine. Everyone always makes space for you, but I like, that's me. I like to be in like my spot and I always get there early. Um, and I would definitely tell the instructor to your first time because they're not going to announce it to the class or like, probably not. I don't know, but it's good that they're aware. Like if you need like a little nudge or like a little boost or just like some words of encouragement, um, or okay. a reminder that you can go into child's pose. Like it's okay. You don't have to keep up with everybody. So yeah, I you think can so. Take a break yeah. I agree. Okay, cool. So I want you to talk before we leave about your pat the retreat that you just had this summer, and then also I know you're running a day retreat. So how was the retreat that you just had? Tell us about oh, that. Thank you, Nicole. It was amazing, and actually, so many people from Jersey came. This is the first time it was more people from like our area versus being all over the world. Just my first two retreats, we had people from all over the globe come. And this retreat was just interesting. It was mostly people from New York, New Jersey, a lot of people from Jersey, um, a few from PA and Boston and in Canada, and one from Denver. Um, but yeah, so my most recent retreat was in Costa Rica in Malpais, the Wild Joy Retreat. I co-led it with Nicole Valente, also a Jersey Girl Shore native who now lives in Costa Rica now. Shout out to my girl, Nicole. Um, But we co-led this retreat um, about being playful and sparking joy in our adult lives uh, and doing so unapologetically and just doing what lights you up. And so that's why we paired it with surfing. Uh, and we hired surf coaches uh, that Nicole and I surfed with in Pavones a few years ago, which is a great like southwest end of Costa Rica. It's like the southernmost tip before you get to Panama. Um, and they were such incredible coaches that I was like, um, I we we need to share this gift with other people. And so we had a lot of beginner first time surfers on this trip, uh, just people who liked yoga and they were open to trying something new. Um, as well as like two intermediate surfers. So we kind of broke up the group. And so, uh, and we stayed at Zunia, which is uh, a retreat event center that's uh, based in ecotourism. So 
everything there was very environmentally conscious. Um, it was also a plant-based retreat, um, which was a new experience for me. I'm very much, you know, I love my fruits and veggies. I love me a cheesesteak. <laughs> um, and we even did a, a beach cleanup as well at the beach oh, break. Nice. We'd been surfing all week. Yeah, just, you know, I wanted to make sure we were thinking um mother nature and the ocean and the environment and the space that was housing us all week uh, to give back. So uh, we organized with the North Sequoia Peninsula water keepers and cleaned the beach together. But it was a profound and fun and life-altering experience for we traveled abroad and within. We practiced yoga twice a day. We surfed uh, three times that week with our instructors and just made lifelong friends. And it was so cool to see people connect to some who knew each other, some who did not, um, and see everyone become great, great friends and become a fun little family by the end of it. Uh, so if you're looking to retreat with me in the future, I do have a day retreat coming up in New Jersey for all my Jersey Shore fans. Um, I am teaming up with Brandazzo Surf in Margate, some really great surf coaches down there. Um, and we have a surf and yoga day retreat on Sunday, August 27th. So if you're looking for a fun activity, your last August weekend before Labor Day, um, sign up, reach out. I'll send Nicole the link for signups. Um, but yeah, we're going to start at 8 a.m. We'll have um, a yoga practice that's surf-minded, like movement leading up to surf. And then we're going to get in the water with our coaches. And um, if you've never surfed before or practiced yoga, a really safe space and community to do so. And um, I actually started surfing when I turned 30. So, like, I didn't surf as a kid growing up in Jersey. I just watched everyone surf and always thought about it. So, there, but it's never too late, like we said, to try something new. Um, and now I, like, build my life around surfing. <laughs> If I'm not practicing yoga, I'm serving and vice versa. Um, but yeah, we'd love to have you there. So so reach out. And if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me a DM on, on Instagram. Or, um, and Nicole will post the link. And then looking ahead next summer, I'll be leading a local retreat again. Um, most likely Vermont. I'm looking at a space Ooh. in the next month. I know. I'm excited. I haven't done a retreat in the States yet. Like a, I've done Croatia, Kenya, and Costa Rica. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should do one here. <laughs> Vermont's a great spot. Um, yeah. I wish I could be there on the 27th. I am hosting like 12 adults here for the weekend. So I will uh, have my hands full. <laughs> good. As someone who has a shore house, I, I hear that. I actually was like, oh, I should confirm with my parents that they don't have anyone coming down that weekend because I'm sure whoever's coming might ask to stay at my house. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, let me see who's coming that weekend to make sure I can host people before I just say they can stay. I know. You, you know, know what, though? It's nice. It's like, I feel like a lot of people here have kind of like an open door policy when you live at the beach. It's like you just expect people to be in and out all the time. And that's how it is. It's so true. It's so true. Even when I have friends that come to surf for just the day, they're like, can I use your shower? I'm like, absolutely. Jump in the pool. Use the shower. What totally. Yep. But let's do it. Same yeah. here. Um, all right. So I will definitely post about that. I think anyone who is anywhere local, definitely go, whether you are into yoga surfing or not, try it. 
it's I'm sure going to be amazing. I will make sure I am 100% at whatever you do locally that I have uh, time to be at. But yeah, I'm like bummed I'm missing it. I wanted to give you the opportunity to share anything else that you wanted to before you leave. If we missed anything or like you just have some nugget of information that you feel like you need to get out there. Sure, sure. I would just say, um, you know, be kind and, and compassionate to yourself, friends. Whether you practice yoga or not, there's so much out there that can be so harsh and like limiting feeling, but we don't have to let that energy in. Um, so whatever your daily job is um, or your daily lifestyle routines are like put on your protective cloak (laughs) and hold yourself dear and then share that light and energy with the humans and living creatures you interact with and if you're looking to to connect i would love to meet i teach virtually um and live in person and lead retreats so if you're looking for something fun to do or you just want to explore and be curious and, and get out there, please reach out at Christina Caldwell Yoga on Instagram or ChristinaCaldwellYoga.com. But either way, I wish you well and I'm sending you love and light. So just live brightly, friends. Perfect way to end. I'm so glad that we connected. It's not ever a coincidence, I don't think. Um, but. I'm glad we made this happen. I know all of our time is valuable, so I appreciate you and I'm grateful for you being here. Great. Thank you, Nicole. And thank you, listeners. Thank you all so much for listening today. You can check out the show notes to find out important info from today's episode. You can also support the show by subscribing, sharing an episode with somebody you love, or giving me a review over on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with me, you can always find me on Instagram at Nicole. I really appreciate you all so much and I cannot wait to share more wellness and lifestyle content with you on the next episode.